Is there an ideal length for podcast episodes? Welcome to The Audacity to Podcast, episode 305. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Episode length is one of those things that sometimes ends up in some pretty heated discussion among podcasters on one side and on the other side are people who come from some kind of broadcasting background. And this discussion has recently heated up again because of different data coming from some different places. And there is certainly helpful data from different sources. But what's most important for you to consider is what is right for your podcast. So that's what I want this episode to help you decide. And I suggest a who, what, when, where, how, and why approach to determining what the perfect podcast episode length is for your own show and based on your own situation. So if you'd like to follow along in the show notes for this episode, number 305, then go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash length. First, who is your audience? Because most podcasts target separate niches, it can be very difficult to make a blanket recommendation on all podcasts to say all podcasts must be this length or the ideal length of a podcast is this. Many of the podcasts from public radio showrunners are intentionally and very skillfully designed to reach a broad and general audience, but your podcast may reach a smaller, more focused audience that may actually never be interested in general content or a general perspective. So when you get to know your audience, you can better understand their specific needs and situations. For example, if you have a podcast for new moms, think of their situation. They may not have much time to listen while they're caring for their young children. Or if you have a podcast for business executives, they may not have all that time to listen during business hours, but they may want to continue their education away from the office. Kids may have a shorter attention span, especially for non-entertaining content. Agricultural workers, farmers and such, may have many, many lonely hours away from the internet, and they may be very eager for something mentally stimulating. So you can probably imagine that a five-minute podcast could be ideal for one audience, but too short for another. Inversely, a three-hour long podcast could be ideal for one audience, but too long for another. Your listener is the most important person to your podcast. (laughs) Duh, right? So think about what is best to serve them, not what's best for the industry or anything like that. What does your listener need? Do they need three hours? Do they need five minutes? Can they stand three hours? Can they stand five minutes? How can you serve your listener best? Because I really hope That's your goal with your podcast. Yes, you can have a goal to have fun yourself and maybe make a profit from your podcast, but your goal really needs to be first to serve your listener. So what episode length for your content does that best? Who is your audience? Next, what is your subject? 
because broadcast media reach a really wide audience and general audience, they need topics that appeal to the general population. That's why most long-form radio talk shows are about money, relationships, and I would say even religion is in that relationships category. Because after all, when we're talking about religion, we're really talking about a relationship with a deity. So I'd lump that in with relationships. Also tech, politics, and sports. And that information interests nearly everyone. We all have a need somewhere in one of those different things. I'm not so sure you'd say sports is a need, but many, many people in America especially are interested in sports. But podcasts are far more focused. You don't have to worry about appealing to the general population or thinking of trying to appeal to employees who are on their drives home from work during this particular rush hour. You only have to be concerned with the smaller group of people interested in your subject. And what is that subject? That ties in with how long your episode should be. And not all subjects are equal either. Although it's possible that nearly any subject could be shared, at least to some degree, in a few minutes or in a few hours, some subjects may be better at different lengths. For example, consider educational content. It really depends on the depth of the information. It's good to be short when it's a lot to take in. For example, Grammar Girl, hosted by Mignon Fogarty, That's a lot of information packed into a little podcast, and it would be a lot to take in. But being a short podcast that's about 10 to 15 minutes average length now, it's very digestible. You're getting one basic grammar concept or an understanding of something. Now you get some more insight, too, and some perspective from Mignon. But some educational podcasts could also be good to be much longer when the concept needs more explanation to be understood, like with the Audacity to podcast, could I teach you the same information in five minutes? Probably not, because the way I teach you through the Audacity to podcast is to give you a thorough understanding of things. You could also consider inspirational content. That may be something that's good to be short, like Consider all of the devotional style books that provide quick inspiration and make it easy to consume each day. You probably wouldn't be too interested in a devotional or daily inspirational book if it's 20 pages every morning. But you can read a page. You can read a paragraph or maybe a couple pages each morning. It's something nice and quick to inspire you and give you something to take with you for the day. Entertaining content that is good entertaining content will probably never be long enough. Look at how well the Lord of the Rings extended editions and then the extended extended editions and the extended 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 directors cut completely unedited. You know, the way that that has gone with that whole Lord of the Rings franchise. Now that's excluding the Hobbit franchise, but I'm speaking specifically Lord of the Rings. Look how well those extended editions sell compared to, say, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Is there even an extended edition for Star Wars Episode One? Does anyone care? I think most people agree that Star Wars Episode One was certainly not the best movie ever, it, and it might be near the bottom of many people's lists. Now, both of these are entertainment. They're designed to be entertaining. But the quality of one far outweighs the quality of the other. So with Lord of the Rings, you might sit down to watch Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or a Marvel movie or the Lego movie or whatever your favorite movie is. You may sit down to watch it and when it's over, you probably feel like, oh man, I could keep watching this kind of thing for 
hours more. And some of these movies do go on and on for hours and hours. But you watch a movie that's absolutely horrible, whatever that is to you, what those movies are. Maybe some of these movies I think are good, you think are horrible. Well, you sit down and watch one of those and you're probably looking at your watch. You're wondering, oh man, when is this going to be over? Just get it over with. Just come on, end credits, hurry, please. I want to go. This is boring. See, they can both be entertaining. And it's not the actual length of the movie or any kind of other entertainment that makes a difference. It's the quality of it. The Harry Potter books are very long books, especially as you get later on in the series. And I have not read the entire Harry Potter series. I actually only just recently started reading the books. I have seen all of the movies, though. I have also read most of the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan universe books. And as I mentioned in one of my recent episodes, the book Red Rabbit was really long and really boring. Now, Red Rabbit versus a Harry Potter book, maybe same length of books, maybe same number of pages, different level of quality, engagement, and relevance. One doesn't feel long enough. The other feels way too long. It's not a matter, really, of the length itself. It's a matter of the quality of the content. And what is your subject for your podcast? Some subjects may lend themselves to longer form, while others may lend themselves to shorter form. Some podcasts may be harder to consume because their subjects require uninterrupted attention. But you can easily stave off that concern by ensuring that your content is segmented in a way that's friendly to multiple listening sessions. So you keep in mind maybe to not necessarily do a full radio reset. I really don't like those where you say, I'm talking to so-and-so or you're listening to such-and-such podcast. I really don't need a reminder of what podcast I'm listening to. I know what podcast I'm listening to. If I've forgotten what podcast I'm listening to, then it's something's wrong somewhere. I'm, I'm not sure if that's your fault, my fault, or my device's fault, or whatever. But I know what I'm listening to. I don't need to be reminded. But what you can do in your podcast is a, a soft reset, I would call it, where it's not so much like the podcast is starting over and we're just back from a commercial break, but you are reminding people what's going on. And you can do that without saying, we're talking to so-and-so or we're talking about such-and-such, you can do that by using someone's full name or mentioning context, again, refreshing it in a little bit of a way. So it's kind of like a soft reset, but not completely rebooting the podcast. And when people then have to listen across multiple sessions, it's easier for them to follow along. Now, if your podcast changes subjects or covers different points and topics every few minutes, then that's a lot easier to do. You don't have to worry so much about doing a soft reset. Consider the No Agenda podcast. It's a twice-weekly, three-hour-long podcast that has huge success, and I listen to it myself. I listen all the way through the podcast, except for the techno stuff at the end, and I don't complain about the length because the episodes are entirely informative and entertaining. In fact, when I spent a few months of summer 2016 building my acoustic panels for my studio, I built 28 or so acoustic panels. Each one took a grand total of about two hours each. But I saved a bunch of money by spending all of that time making them. Yeah, lesson learned, but I really like the result. That aside, while I was making all of these acoustic panels, I was listening to podcasts. I had nothing else to do with my mind because I had it all down, the patterns that how long things should be cut and everything like that. And that's around the time when I started listening to No Agenda. And the episodes being three hours long might intimidate some people. Well, I was running out of podcasts to listen to. 
So I wouldn't have minded if the episodes were even four hours long because it was entertaining content and informative. But then going back to Grammar Girl example, one of my favorite podcasts and one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, there's no way I could listen to a Grammar Girl podcast for three hours. And that's nothing against Mignon Fogarty or the content that she presents in her podcasts. It's, I just can't handle that much grammar discussion for three hours. I would forget everything. See, with Grammar Girl, the subject is something that I want to take and apply and be able to remember. So if a single episode is about the difference between effect and effect, that's something I can remember from that single episode when there are five to ten minutes about that one subject. But if Mignon were to try and cover 30 different subjects in a three-hour long Grammar Girl podcast, I probably wouldn't remember all of those grammar rules and ways that I'm saying things incorrectly. So what is appropriate for your subject? Do you need more time to explain something or do you need only a few minutes? Do you have enough good content that will, I like this metaphor, that will rapture people from time where they won't care what time it is? They won't care how long the episode is. They are captured. They're raptured into the story, into the content, and they lose track of time. What is your subject? That should influence how long your episodes are. Next, when do you publish? I've always considered frequency and length to be closely associated with each other. Daily shows may seem lucrative, but they are a lot of work. Plus, daily shows can be more difficult for listeners to stay current depending on their own schedules and the length of your episodes. Now, you see there the length of the episodes. If you publish an eight-hour podcast seven days a week, it's going to be extremely difficult for anyone to stay current with that podcast. It's not saying it's impossible, and there might be a market for that somewhere, but it will be extremely difficult. Also extremely difficult for you to put out eight hours of content every day of the week. Your publishing schedule needs to be a consideration with your episodes. In general, I recommend more frequent shows to be shorter and less frequent shows to be longer. That's not a rule. That's a recommendation. No Agenda publishes their podcast two times a week, and each episode is three hours long. That certainly breaks that guideline I just mentioned. Grammar Girl is once a week, and it's usually shorter than 15 minutes. That breaks that guideline that I mentioned. And I don't see many people, if any, complaining about the length or frequency of either podcast. In fact, I'm sure that if you were to ask their audiences, their audiences would probably say, boy, I wish they released more content than this. And maybe they will someday. So while your audience will really care more about the value you provide than the length or even frequency of your episodes... Your personal schedule may be the bigger issue here. It's generally much easier to create short podcasts than long ones, so you may be able to give your best value only if you make shorter episodes when you publish more frequently. Or maybe you can give more value by publishing longer episodes less frequently. That's the way Dan Carlin does it with Hardcore History. And there are all points in between. It's all across the spectrum. People who are successful and aren't successful, and it seems to have almost no correlation to how long the episodes are. But frequency is something to keep in mind. 
to when do you publish? Next, where does your audience listen? According to the Infinite Dial study and the Podcast Consumer Report, which is a little smaller segment inside of the Infinite Dial, this is by Edison Research, they said that 51% of Americans cite their home as the top place they consume podcasts most. That's followed then by 22% in an automobile and 14% at work. But where they ever listen, and this is a multiple choice thing, so these numbers will total more than 100%, where they ever listen to podcasts, 84% at home, 65% in an automobile, 42% walking around or on foot, 39% at work, 29% exercising or at the gym, and 29% on public transportation. If you want the link to see these slides and hear the results from the Infinite Dial and Podcast Consumer Reports, then check out the link that I have in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash length. Different locations do have different, we could call them mental freedoms and practical limitations. At home, for example, has the most mental freedoms and the least practical limitations. You can be doing all kinds of things, somewhat mindless things at home, and you have very little practical limitations. It's okay for you to wear headphones. Now, your home situation may be different. Maybe you have children at home and you can't wear headphones that block out sound. Maybe you can. I know your situation could be extremely different. And on the flip side of this, at an office job might be the place that has the least freedoms and the most practical limitations. Some offices won't even let you wear headphones. You might have to wear only one earbud. Maybe your internet access is limited. Maybe you're not allowed to take your mobile device to where you work. Maybe you can't download podcasts over the internet at the office because of firewalls and such. Now, driving and exercising probably have plenty of mental freedom, but also plenty of practical limitations. You're not supposed to be messing with a phone while you're driving. It's not really practical to be messing with a phone while you're exercising. You may not be able to carry all that much with you while you're exercising. So there are these different limitations, but your mind is free to consume, to learn, to be entertained. That's what I mean by mental freedom. And according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the average American commute is 25.4 minutes. And I have a link to that information in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash length. While this number, 25.4 minutes, is certainly helpful to know, especially in considering how long certain topics could be in your show before someone might have to get out of their car and stop listening, it's helpful to know that, yes, but it doesn't have to influence your episode length. Even if someone listens at only normal speed, 1x, for only 25.4 minutes on their way to work, The podcast is still there for them when they get back in their automobile to go home. And it's probably easier for them to resume listening to the podcast they were listening to than to switch podcasts. In fact, the more interesting and relevant the content is to them, the more likely they'll be to resume listening and perhaps even continue listening across multiple sessions, regardless of how long the episode is. I've heard this from many people about my recent episode of the Audacity Podcast, which to this day is my longest ever podcast episode recording. My wife and I were in the studio for six hours. We recorded for four and a half hours, and the episode when edited down was three and a half hours. And I've been receiving messages from people saying they loved the episode. They listened across multiple listening sessions. My friend Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting said that he spread it across multiple long walks 
while he was trying to listen to the episode. Others have told me I was just gripped by the story. I I couldn't stop listening. And many people have even told me that's their favorite episode I've ever done of the Audacity to Podcast, which is crazy because I didn't really talk much about podcasting in the sense of what can you apply to your podcast. It was more inspirational content. I was telling a story and it was three and a half hours long. And many people have told me that it's their favorite episode I've ever done. And that's not because of the length. It's because of the content. And they listened across different locations. Bringing this back to your podcast, consider, for example, if your podcast helps employees with daily inspiration or education, it then would make sense for that content to fit within their daily commute so they can consume it completely before their commute is over. They can press play on your podcast when they get in the car to go to work and your podcast is finished before they arrive at the office. Now they've been inspired. They have a new idea for something to face their day, whatever. That's a situation where you might want to consider the average commute. But then again, average commute lengths could be completely irrelevant to your own show. It's really about where does your audience listen and your kind of content. Next, how do you present your message? Presentation is equally as important as content. You can have great content, but people won't benefit from it if it's presented horribly. And you can also have the presentation skills of the greatest public speakers, or to quote from 1 Corinthians 13, you can speak with the tons of men and of angels, but bad content could leave people empty, despite your excellent presentation skills. If you can maintain your energy level and the quality of your content and the relevance to your audience for only 20 minutes, then that's your ideal length. If you can maintain it for longer, then a longer show could be an option, though not a necessity. In the book Beyond Powerful Radio, Valerie Geller said there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. So is your episode boring? Does it get boring because of how long it is or how long you're trying to make it? I host a fan podcast about the TV show Once Upon a Time, and because it's a broadcast show, it must fit a specific amount of time, about 43 minutes, when you factor in the commercials and such. Now, that's actually shorter in other countries, I just recently learned. In Australia, they have to cut it even shorter than that, so some things get cut more. And in our podcast about the TV show, there have been many times where we've called scenes or even complete episodes filler. While other times, it seemed like something was cut. And that's often the thing that I go to when I'm talking about how poorly something may have been communicated. I try to give them grace and say, well, maybe they had to edit it out for the sake of time. You know, it's on the cutting room floor. They just couldn't fit that into the episode. And that could be true in many, many cases. And the other side is also true that many episodes feel like, oh, they They're just really trying to stretch this out just to have something to fill this time slot. The hard clock they have to follow both forces them to make content and it limits them from telling the full story. That's why movies can often feel like they tell a story better than TV shows, even though ultimately a TV season or an entire series has many more hours to tell a story. They have to fit each bit of the story into specifically timed sections. In movies, though, 
they don't necessarily have an imposed clock format they have to follow to say, okay, at 10 minutes, we have to cut to this. At 15 minutes, we have to cut to that. We have to make sure that the movie is absolutely no longer than this and no shorter than this because anything different and there will be blank time on the screen. Movies don't have that. Yes, movies do have in mind to make a movie and tell a story in a certain length of time, but we've seen many movies that have been very long still perform very well. It's in how the message is presented. So for you, consider how do you present your message? So these questions help you determine the ideal podcast episode length. Who is your audience? What is your subject? When do you publish? Where does your audience listen? And how do you present your message? And then lastly, why it actually doesn't matter much. Some broadcasters, such as those who have recently written on bridgeratings.com, have said that because the average commute is 25.4 minutes, and because of certain other things, your podcast episode should be that long too. The ideal length being 22 minutes or 20 minutes, somewhere around there that they'll often say. But as I believe I've already demonstrated here, there are many more factors and success stories at all points in the spectrum. Podcasts that are extremely short and very successful. Podcasts that are extremely long and very successful. As well as the other way. Podcasts that are very short and failing horribly. And podcasts that are very long and failing horribly. See, the episode length isn't what determines the success of a podcast. Look at No Agenda show. Or in addition to No Agenda, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. It's extremely long. Some episodes have been as much as six hours in length. But the length hasn't held back these podcasts. In fact, Rob Walsh, the VP of Podcaster Relations at Libsyn, which is the largest podcast host and distribution platform, and hosts many of the top podcasts in iTunes, Rob has said that among their customers, 84% of the podcasts with more than 100,000 downloads per episode, that's not per month or lifetime 100,000 downloads, that's 100,000 downloads per episode. Okay. So you, me, we're probably extremely far from that. If you have more than 100,000 downloads per episode, email me. I want to know that you listen to this podcast. But Rob said that of those with 100,000 downloads per episode or more, 84% of them are longer than 51 minutes, nearly an hour minimum length. 84% of these top podcasts Their length isn't holding them back. They're longer than 22 minutes. And these podcasts have very engaged audiences. And some people may say, oh, look at Edison Research that says such and such, and people are listening in these places, and that's why we should have short episodes. But even Edison Research's own findings confirm that long form isn't a problem. According to their study in 2017, the average podcast consumer listens to five hours and seven minutes per week across five podcasts per week. Now, whether that's five episodes or five different podcasts, as in completely different shows, the data doesn't show that. It's just five, we'll call them episodes. So five episodes per week. So do simple math there. Five hours and seven minutes across five podcasts per week. That means the average length of a consumed episode is 61.4 minutes. 
But don't think that that's necessarily a guideline for what the ideal length of an episode is, because that's actually more a reflection of how long the episodes are that the participants in the study listen to. That's not really a reflection of the success of podcasts or to say podcasts longer than 61.4 minutes are better or anything like that. It's just that's of all of those who listened, that was the average. In fact, I wonder what my average would be if I were to look at all of the podcast episodes I listen to. Like I listen to very short podcasts like Ask Pat from Pat Flynn or Micro's podcast, The Way I Heard It, or Emily Prokop's podcast, The Story Behind. I also listen to Mignon Fogarty's Grammar Girl, Steve Robbins' Get It Done Guy. These are short-form podcasts. I listen to those. I also listen to some really long-form podcasts like No Agenda. And I host a podcast that sometimes ends up being two hours long with our Once Upon a Time podcast. So I wonder if I were to average out all of my podcasts, where would my average length be? But of all of the podcasts I'm subscribed to, I listen to all of the episode for each of them. Now, for some of the podcasts that we release a lot more frequently, I sometimes pick and choose which episodes to listen to. Like Ask Pat, for example. I don't listen to every episode of his because not every episode is relevant to me. But of the episodes I do listen to, I listen to them all the way through. And it's not a matter of how long the episodes are. Although there are certain times where I decide I'm going to be in the car for only 10 minutes. I want to make sure that I complete a podcast. So I'll listen to a couple episodes of this or this 20-minute podcast at 2x speed or things like that. But other than that, and that's a rare thing, the length of an episode doesn't really affect me. And the averaged out number might be, for me even, might be somewhere around one hour or maybe even less than one hour average episode. So that's not a reflection of the success of those podcasts. It's merely a reflection of how much content I'm consuming, or in the case of the Edison research, how much content the average American podcast consumer is listening to. And again, all of these are average and broad studies, and they can be really nicely informative, but the diverse niches in podcasts make the data almost impossible to apply without deeper segregated studies. Like, I really wish Edison Research had the resources to be able to dig deeper and ask people, do you listen to this genre or this genre? Or do the podcasts you listen to come from public radio broadcasters? Or do the podcasts you listen to come from independents who only have a podcast and that's all that they're known for? I'd love to see more data like that. And I know the industry would love that too, because then we could really see, okay, gaming podcasts are much more consumed when they are maybe this length or when they're presented in this style or that kind of thing. Someday we'll have access to more thorough information like that. But for now, we have these general broad studies, which are helpful, but again, not necessarily applicable to your situation or my situation. So I like to summarize it like this. You might want to write this down or you can go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash length and you can click the tweet button and tweet this yourself if you agree with this. The ideal length of a podcast episode is the same as the ideal length of stream and that is as long as it needs to be. Sometimes you need short stream. Sometimes you need long stream. Sometimes your podcast needs a short episode. Sometimes it needs to be a long episode. How long does it actually need to be? And that's how long it should be. Ignore all this stuff about people saying, oh, your podcast episode must be so many minutes in order to succeed. Or, oh, so many people drop off after 20 minutes into a podcast. 
that may often be ignoring the fact that people listen across multiple sessions. So maybe they listen to a four-hour-long podcast 20 minutes at a time. Sometimes that's the way I get through No Agenda episodes, 20 minutes at a time. The ideal length is as long as it needs to be. That's exactly how long your podcast episodes should be. If you agree with this, disagree, or you want to add your own insight, I'd love it if you'd comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash length. And while you're there, how about sharing this episode out or tweeting some of my quotables from it? That's over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash length. I want to thank a couple real people who have left some kind reviews for the Audacity to Podcast in iTunes. And I say real people because coincidentally, both of these people from completely different countries have the word real first in their podcast name. First, I want to thank Chris from Real World Redneck Outdoor Adventure Podcast, who wrote this kind review for me in iTunes USA. He said, inspiring and helpful. Thank you for the many useful tips and tricks that you share. You have inspired me to start my own podcast called Real World Redneck Podcast. It's a show about outdoor adventures and hacks. Still a little rough around the edges, but I'm having a blast. Thank you, Chris, for that kind review. And here's a little sample of Real World Redneck. Real World Redneck Podcast. Redneck hacks that'll make you laugh. Practical outdoor tips and stories to inform and entertain you. All right. Real World Redneck here. Episode 13. Today's episode is going to be about sauerkraut. Ooh, sauerkraut. So if that interests you, then go check out Real World Redneck podcast over at realworldredneck.com. And I have the link to Chris's show in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash length. Next, thanks to Nivek Thompson from Real Democracy Now, who wrote in iTunes from Australia. I've listened to the Audacity to Podcast on and off since I started my podcast journey mid-2016. I recently came across the automation series, and it was just what I needed. Real Democracy Now, a podcast, is a passion project for me, and I do everything with some graphic design help from my daughter. So it was wonderful to be talked through a range of automation tools that will help me reduce some of the workload of producing a weekly podcast. I really like the series approach as it makes it easy to listen and check the show notes without having to search a huge back catalog to find relevant material. If you're a podcaster, especially a newbie like me, this series will be invaluable. Thank you, Nivek, for that very kind review from Down Under. And here's a little sample of Nivek's podcast, Real Democracy Now! to Real Democracy Now. I'm Nivek Thompson, and Real Democracy Now is a podcast for people who think we can and should improve how democracy works. This podcast looks at democracy from different angles to help you think about how democracy might be improved. Thank you for that kind review in iTunes, Nivek. Check out her podcast over at realdemocracynow.com.au, and the link is in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash length. I get my podcast reviews emailed to me automatically from where else? Mypodcastreviews.com. So if you'd like your own podcast reviews sent to you automatically so you can have them ready for you when you record a podcast episode so you can thank your audience, engage with your fans, and also demonstrate your authority and your influence, then go over to mypodcastreviews.com 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. If you want to see some live podcasting Q&A, then please join me on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live. Yes, that's when I used to record the Audacity to Podcast, but I've shifted my schedule around. And now I try to do something more engaging and interactive when I'm live streaming. So I answer your podcasting questions, questions that have come in a little bit before I go live, as well as questions that come in while I'm live. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of off the cuff kind of stuff, but it's engaging and helpful. And I also upload those videos afterward to YouTube. So you can subscribe there through the website as well. That's Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern at the audacity to podcast.com slash live. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions, finding success, and making it however long it needs to be. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.